creator, my God and my king. I trust you, sovereign and holy God. I magnify you, the living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I worship you tonight. I bless your name, O God. I submit to you, my Father. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. You are good in every way, and we worship you, Lord. You know our frame. You understand our makeup, O Lord. For it's you that has formed us and framed us, O God. Hallelujah. I thank you for the authority of your word. For the clarity of your word. I thank you, Lord, for giving us your holy word. I pray, Rhema of God, minister to us as only you can. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I trust you. I submit my thoughts unto you. I submit my heart unto you. I worship you tonight, holy God. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. My confidence is in you and you alone. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way with us. We submit our soul unto you. I take this gathering under the authority of your precious and holy name. Living God, we magnify you. Holy One, we worship and adore you. Itamande ye ki aramasolo bokoye i aramando lo bosi arabakaha ye londoreti e me ki aramando lo bosi e de ki aramando lo bosataha. Jesus, you know the need of every one of us. You know the frame of every man and every woman and every young person here tonight. You know, Jesus, we trust the knowledge of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Iramando lo bositie, kiararamando lo bosie. As the heart pants after the water brooks, so my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for you, the living God. When will I come and appear before God?
Italamande ye, araramande ye, ki araramasolo bokore yete. Jesus, I pray your anointing. I pray your anointing. I pray your anointing upon our ears, Father. I pray your anointing upon our hearts tonight. It is your anointing that breaks the yoke. I pray your anointing upon our minds here tonight. In Jesus' holy name, in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I pray your anointing, Father. It is your anointing that breaks the yoke. In Jesus' holy name. I'd like you to take a minute and get out of your seat and find a brother or a sister. And would you just agree together in prayer tonight? I think it's important. Would you just agree together in prayer? Pray anointing. Pray ministry. Come on, just pray. Pray brother for brother, sister for sister. Find someone. And pray one for the other. You're in agreement. God, I pray an anointing. I pray blessing. I pray strength. And let the Holy Ghost use you. Let the Holy Ghost use you. Let the Holy Ghost use you to minister one to the other. God, I pray strength. I pray favor. I pray blessing. I pray the ministry of the Holy Ghost to the point of need you Lord understand and know the need and so I pray your ministry at the point of need you have set us together in the body I pray ministry one to the other by your spirit O Lord by the flow of the spirit among brethren and among sisters God let there be a ministry, an imparting one to the other as you would ordain it, Father. Let there come healing and comfort and strength into and through the body. I may not know the need of my brother, but you do, Lord. And so I pray, according to the wisdom and the knowledge of God, minister to them, O oh Lord. You know nothing is hidden from you. I pray your ministry, Lord, your love that is perfect. Healing, healing in the mind, healing in the body, healing in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, allow the Holy Ghost to flow through you. As a conduit, as a conduit, your word, Jesus, ministering to this life, your spirit ministering to this soul. Re Amasita Ataha. 
y en el bequí a remondo si the strengthening father of the body by that which every joint supplies itamande yeki aramando robosi eredi arabaka we agree together we agree together you are worthy jesus we worship you the almighty god jesus you are lord and beside you there is none else we praise you we magnify you Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is an anointing that breaks the yoke. There is an anointing that breaks the yoke. Jesus, you are our strength. Jesus, you are our hope. Jesus, you are our life. We praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Itamando Rosiatahaya. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. As you're wake, making your way back to your seat, would you just return into that place of lifting up praise and thanks and adoration to the Lord? Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we offer you praise. Hallelujah. Let our offering be pleasing and acceptable unto you, the Most High God. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify you. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from you. You are the Father of light in you. There is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Itanamande yeki andolo sayeki endele di arabaka. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, I speak peace. Thank you, Lord, for perfect peace. Perfect peace have they whose mind is stayed on thee. Perfect peace have they whose mind is stayed on thee. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Peace that surpasses understanding. Thank you for peace. You are peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
some of you have heard it said before, but I'll say it again. Isaiah prophesied of the coming Savior, called him the Prince of Peace. It's interesting because a prince is one that has not yet ascended to the throne. He's heir to the throne, but he's not yet ascended to the throne. And so he is the prince of peace until I settle the issue of who's in control of my life. And when I give up my, the throne of my heart and say, Lord, you now rule and reign in every part of my life, he goes from being the prince of peace to now he's the king of peace. Now he rules and reigns in my heart and I have peace. But as long as I rule my own life, he's a prince. He wants to be the king of peace in your life. He wants to be the king of peace in your life. Somebody needs to hear this. He wants to be the king of peace in your life. It's an issue of who's on the throne. When he's on the throne, circumstances can go sideways, but it can't steal my peace. Why? Because I know he's in control. The king of peace. Amen. That's not what we're going to talk about tonight, but praise God. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. So good to be together in the house of the Lord. I would like you to grab your Bible, if you would, and go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter number 8. Exodus, chapter number 8. We have been in a vein for a while on Thursday night, and um, early this morning as I begin... time with the Lord, and he began dealing with me, um, the Lord ever, you ever feel like the Lord starts talking to you, dealing with you, and you're like, man, where'd that come from? I mean, you know where it came from, but you know what I mean? You're like, and um, I don't know that tonight we will get through all of this. This is just a disclosure, not a disclaimer. Okay? Uh, I don't know that we'll get through all this tonight. And I say that because we may only get far enough to a point that you have more questions than answers. <laughs> okay? I hope not. I hope we'll get a little further than that. But there's more to it. Okay, so if, if, if you leave going, man, I got lots of questions now, then just know we haven't finished. Okay, now that being said, I have a confidence in the Holy Ghost to minister. I, 
I have no confidence in myself. I really, that's not a, I'm not trying to like feign modesty or something. I really don't. Um, I was telling Brother Martin earlier, I said, man, I'm a little, I'm sort of hoping maybe the Lord would change directions on me here, but he's not. Um, it's important that we receive the whole counsel of God. You believe that? Um, I am not interested in cherry picking things from the Word of God. I like this. Ooh, I don't like this. Let, let's talk more about this. I, I, let's talk about the love of God. Let's talk about the goodness of God. Let's not talk about the judgment of God. Let's not talk about... Some of you get nervous already, like, oh, no, man, he's setting us up. No, I'm not. But I want, I want the whole counsel of God, don't you? And, uh, and the Lord wants us to have understanding. You believe that? He wants us to have understanding. And uh, so we're going to go through some things in the Word that these are very new to me um, in the way the Lord is talking to me about them. So here we go. That's enough of an introduction. Enough of me fumbling around. Let's go. Exodus chapter 8. I, I tell you some of this so that you, you, I don't want you to think, man, Elder Hart, sometimes he just takes, he's got it all together. He just, I, I sort of I've got this stuff going on here that I have to press through. I just want, I want clarity from the Holy Ghost. I don't want his word to be tainted by my humanity. And so where we're starting, I was like, man, that's an odd scripture to start with, Lord, but okay. Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 25. And that doesn't even look like the right verse. Now I'm really in trouble. thought it was the right verse. Oh, that's the right verse. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Exodus 8, 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, and just hold on this verse, sacrifice to your God in the land. Now, I want to pause right there for just a minute. We're reading this so we understand where we are in context. Moses and Aaron are going before Pharaoh saying, let my people go, let my people go, let them go, let them go out, they're going to go worship me. And so they're saying, we're, we're along in the journey now, this isn't the first time they've gone before him at this point. Some plagues have happened, and there's some more coming. And they're at this place, and they're talking about sacrifice to God. Now, if you've been here on Thursday night the last several weeks, you may, I'm going to make you really go back. I don't even remember how many weeks, two, three. Anybody remember when we talk, started talking about the ark and the clean and the unclean beasts in the ark and how there were seven of the clean because that was for the sacrifice? And then we went to the New Testament in Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
right? And how the Lord wants a clean sacrifice. Okay, I, I just I need you to make that connection without me teaching all that all over again. So go ye, he's, so Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. And so he's, he's at a point now where he's saying go. Now he doesn't really mean it, but he's saying it now. He's trying to give them conditions. The adversary will always try to let you serve God with conditions. Go, sacrifice to your God. Notice what he says. In the land. Remember, Moses said, we're going to go into the wilderness and sacrifice. We're going to go yonder to this place. Pharaoh's saying, I'll tell you what, you go sacrifice, but I'm not letting you go out there. You sacrifice in Egypt, in the land. There is a deception in the day and time we live that says, I can sacrifice and live for God and still be in Egypt doing it. That's what Pharaoh was trying to get him to do. You know what? Do you really need to separate? Now, he wasn't wanting to lose his slave labor. And that's exactly what the adversary is trying to do. I'd like to keep people in bondage. Let them say they're serving their God as long as they're doing it in Egypt. You with me? Now, we're too long on this verse already. Okay, verse 26. Now watch. Now you got context. You see where we're at. And Moses said, it's not me so to do. In other words, no. We're not doing, we're not sacrificing in Egypt. We shall sac for, watch what he says. This is where I want us to notice. For we shall sacrifice the abomination. Everybody say abomination. We shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes? And will they not stone us? Now, watch this. We're going to stay right there on 26. I want to read this verse to you in the Amplified. I should have had it pulled up here. Um, because it gives us good stuff. I just want to read verse 26. Moses said, it is not suitable or right to do that. For the animals that the Egyptians hold sacred and will not permit to be slain are those which we are accustomed to sacrifice to the Lord our God. Here's what Moses was saying to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, in Egypt, you guys have some things you hold sacred. Those things that are sacred to you. We take them and we sacrifice them to God. And because you hold them sacred, if you watched us sacrifice those things, your people would begin to kill us and say, what are you doing? But what, and there's a whole lot just in this verse right here. I really feel the Holy Ghost right now. Watch. The things Egypt holds sacred, the things the world holds sacred, the people of God are willing to take and sacrifice to God. 
Now, it's interesting that that's where we find that word abomination. It comes up a lot in Scripture, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is abominations. I don't know that I have ever, I don't think I've ever taught about abominations before in my life. So here we are. Leviticus, I'm not going to read all these verses for sake of time. You can write these down. You can go back and read them later. Leviticus chapter 11. Now remember, Leviticus is a book of worship. Leviticus is a book of holiness, separation unto God. Leviticus is a letter or the word of the Lord through Moses, not a letter. It's a word of the Lord through Moses telling the people of God how to separate from the world, how to put a difference between the clean and the unclean. These things we've talked about. Leviticus is that book. It's a book of worship. It's a book of holiness. It's a book of setting apart unto the Lord. Leviticus is a beautiful book when we understand that. We've touched on parts of it, like the leprosy, how it gave leprosy in the body, then leprosy in the clothing, then leprosy in the house, and those things that were unclean. We see that progression and Leviticus is a beautiful book like that. And so we we find this book of worship. And we find here in Leviticus chapter 11. uh, Again, I'm not going to read all of these. But Leviticus 11, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 20, 23, 41, 42. You can read all of those. And what the Lord is saying to the children of Israel there in those verses. Maybe we'll read 9 and 10 just to give you a a sense of what the Lord is communicating. He's saying, These shall you eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall you eat. How many like seafood? All right. So this is what the Lord says you can eat. The stuff that has fins and scales in the waters and the seas and the rivers, those shall you eat. Verse 10. And all that don't have fins and scales in the seas and the rivers and all that move in the waters and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an what? An abomination to you. Okay? Let's go ahead and read 11 through 13 since we're right here. They shall be even as an abomination unto you. There's that word again. You shall not eat of their flesh, but you shall have their carcasses in abomination. Keep going, verse 12. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination. Are we getting the message? You think the Lord was wanting him to get the message? Okay, verse 13. And these are they which shall have an abomination. The Lord is really saying this, isn't he? Shall have an abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. (laughs) The eagle, the ostrich, the osprey. Now, again, you can keep reading through that whole chapter, verse 20, 23, 41. It talks about the fowls you can eat and you shouldn't eat and all this stuff. Now, how many of you have or eat shrimp? (laughs) Somebody's like, hold on a minute. Where's that at? She's allergic. There you go. How about good fried southern catfish? Oh, yeah. See, now, now watch. If we were under the Old Testament law, an abomination. No scales, no fins. All right. Um, 
And so, now I don't think any of us here have ever ate a raven or an eagle or right, we're like, eh, right? <laughs> but they didn't know, but the Lord, told, right? But did you know you read in there and it says, if their leg is above their foot so that they can jump, then you can eat those birds. You know that's in there? It really is. That's why we can eat chicken. Anybody ever seen that? <laughs> Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. You, you should, uh, here, I'm going to give you a little side note right here just to entertain yourself sometime when you have a couple minutes. Go on YouTube and search, thank God for chicken. Okay. There's a, what's his name? Something brown or something. Oh, my goodness. He does a whole deal thanking the Lord for chicken. It's pretty funny. But anyway, so, but, but chicken turkeys, right? These are, now we know because we know more, like, we know the difference between a clean animal technically, right? We know that ravens are scavengers. They eat these dead animals. They eat, but chickens don't. Turkey, right? We understand that. They didn't. The Lord was helping them. He was helping them understand. We know that catfish are, and flounder. How many like flounder? There we go. Halibut. We, we know those are bottom-dwelling fish that feed off of the dirt. And the bottom, of, that's why the Lord said you don't eat this. But things that have scales, they don't. The scales keep the uncleanness and the impurity of the water out. Oh, the Lord knew these things. Now, I want you to notice something. Let's read one more place. I'm, I'm trying to hurry here. Leviticus 18, and, and bear with me, we're going somewhere. In case you're wondering, we're going somewhere. Leviticus 18 and verse 22. How many of you, the last time you ate shrimp or catfish or halibut, you thought, oh man, I'm enjoying this, but I know it's abomination to God and he hates it. Anybody? No, okay. Now, I can feel this. Some of you are like, is he getting ready to tell us we should stop eating shrimp? Stay with me. This is important to understand. I'm being a little lighthearted, but we need to see and understand what the Word of God says. And you're going to see why as we get a little further here, okay? So don't shut down on me. Don't disconnect. Let's follow the Word. Leviticus 18 and 22. Still Leviticus, book of worship, separation, cleanness, unclean. You shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Verse 23. Neither shall you lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Leviticus 20. You doing all right? Leviticus 20 and verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed what? An abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Woo. Their blood shall be upon them. All right. Now, here's what I want you to see. 
Now, do you think differently about these verses we just read about a man lying with mankind differently than you think about eating shrimp? <laughs> Some of you are like, hold on a minute, is this a trick question? <laughs> do you think differently? This is an honest question. Absolutely. I do. I just, I, just had some shrimp, I just had some shrimp a couple weeks ago, okay, in case you're getting nervous. All right? So we can read this, and in our world today, with a bunch of Internet warriors that want to debate things, right? They're like, well, you know, this idea of homosexuality, that's Old Testament. Well, it's not. Paul talked about it, too, in Romans, but well, that's, that's not where we're spending time tonight. Well, you shouldn't eat shrimp, and you shouldn't do this, and you... Hold on a minute. They don't understand the word. They don't understand the word. We need to understand the word. Okay? This is important. Okay? Because some will say, well, that's Old Testament. Why are you worried about the Old Testament? Because we're not under the law. You're exactly right. We're not under the law. But the word abomination means to hate or to detest or to loathe. If it's an abomination to the Lord, he hates, detests, or loathes it. So he doesn't stop hating, detesting, and loathing. He's a God that doesn't change. So how how do we separate the shrimp from homosexuality? Well, the Word does. So I want you to see how the Word... This is important. And I'll tell you, we're going somewhere. I I just want to make sure... I don't want you to disconnect here. The Holy Ghost needs us to get this and see this, okay? We're not just here to talk about diets and, okay? Would you pray with me again? Lord Jesus, I pray your spirit of revelation and understanding. Help us to see and hear in this your word what you want us to hear and what you want us to receive. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Anoint our minds and our lips in Jesus' name. Here's the thing. There are two distinct Hebrew words that are being used here for abomination. Very distinct. The Hebrew word that was used in Exodus where we started with the thing that is an abomination we sacrifice to the Lord. And the word that is used in abomination with a man lying with mankind like he lies with a woman, same Hebrew word. I probably can't say it right. It's like toeva. It is something that disgusts God, that he hates and he despises. And he loathes. That's the Hebrew word. It's how God feels about it. Okay? The act. Not the individual. The act. Okay? Now, all those things we read through in Leviticus and all the ones we didn't read regarding fish and scales and fins and birds and feet and feathers and all. We didn't read all of it, but if you read it, it's all in there. The Hebrew word that's used there, and again, I'm probably saying this wrong, is shaketz. 
for the word abomination. Shekets. There is a, I'm, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I probably need my son here that took Hebrew in, in college. But there is one letter on there that signifies something being ceremonially unclean. And so there is this ceremonial uncleanness. And so we are no longer operating under the Old Testament law whereby we ceremonially offer clean or unclean animals to the Lord. Or we come before the Lord as clean or unclean ceremonially. The distinction between those two words used for abomination is one is ceremonial law. And the other one is something the Lord hates and despises and loathes. Okay? And, and you can go look this up in your Blue Letter Bible or search online, and you'll see that it will distinctly say, if you search through the Hebrew definition of shekets, it's ceremonially unclean or despised. Are you distinguishing the difference here? Okay? How do we know that there's a distinguished difference? Because the Apostle Paul himself said, whatever's set before you, give thanks and eat. Right? I'm paraphrasing. You can go read it. Right? Uh, when you look at the ministry of Christ and you find the uh, Pharisees of the day, the, the religious of the day who followed all 613 laws of Leviticus... They were finding fault with things Jesus did and things that the disciples did. Why were they having issue? They were dealing with ceremonial things. How do you sit down and eat without washing your hands? They ask him, your disciple, you eat with unwashing hands? They were referencing one of the 613 ceremonial laws. Okay, that's a whole different study if you ever get interested in doing it when you look at that. It's an amazing thing about the word of God, and you can learn a lot. You better make sure you're rooted and grounded in the word, but you can learn a lot when you begin studying why Jews do certain things they do and believe. It gives us a lot of understanding of the scripture, and we see how much they love God. They're just blinded. Um, found an interesting thing regarding the 613 laws in that 365 of them are viewed as negative laws, negative consequence. 365, one for every day of the year. And this is, this is how the Jews view it. And 248 are viewed as positive, which is the number of bones and major organs in the body. That's how the Jews view it. Because, because everything has a number to them. Now watch. I don't want to talk about that. That's a side note. But So we see the difference. Shiquettes. That's shrimp. That's how, if you go on. How do I remember which one? Shiquettes and shrimp. That's how I remember. Sorry. Okay. I'm simple. All right. And toeva. Toeva is what God hates. So there's a distinction here. Now, let me read to you some more. 
Deuteronomy 7, 25. Deuteronomy 7, 25. And I'm going to go quick, Brother Jerry, and so you guys can turn there quick or you can write fast. The graven images of their gods, he's talking about gods of other nations, shall you burn with fire. You shall not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it to you, lest you be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Verse 26. Neither shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be a cursed thing like it. But you shall utterly detest it, and you shall utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. I have a question for you. The word abomination in verse 25 and 26, which one do you think it is? Sheket or toeva? Toeva, you're exactly right. God utterly hates it. He detests it. He loathes it. All right? Deuteronomy 17, 1 through 4. Is this okay? Deuteronomy 17, verse 1. You shall not sacrifice unto the Lord your God any bullock or sheep wherein is blemish or any... That's a long word that I don't use very often, ever. Or any evil favoredness, for that is an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Verse 2. If there be found among you within any of thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee, man or woman that hath wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord thy God in transgressing his covenant, verse 3, and hath gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or moon or any of the host of heaven, which I have not commanded, verse 4, and it be told thee, and you have heard of it, and inquired diligently, and behold, it be true, and the thing certain, that such abomination is wrought in Israel. That abomination, is it Sheket or Toeva? Toeva. See how you can distinguish this? You guys are Hebrew scholars and you didn't even know it. Feels a lot different than shrimp, doesn't it? It's important to understand. Deuteronomy 18. Don't worry, we're not going to read through the whole Bible. But I just need, we need to draw these distinctions in Scripture so we understand. Deuteronomy 18 and verse number 9. When you're coming to the land which the Lord thy God gives you, notice he's taking them out of Egypt through the wilderness. He's going to bring them into the promised land. Remember all this separation unto the Lord, holiness unto God, set apart unto God, clean, difference between clean and unclean. When you're coming to the land which the Lord thy God gives you, you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Now, I want us to keep in mind these things we're walking through tonight and have been for several weeks. It is the Lord beckoning us, beckoning us to himself. Holy unto the Lord, separated unto God. And the Lord is drawing us and wanting us to put some distinctions. He has put a difference, right? That's what we read a week or two ago. God hath put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. He puts a difference. All right. Verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch, verse 11, or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. That's somebody that calls up the dead. Verse 13, or no, we, verse 12. For all 
that do these things are what? They are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Notice this is God passing judgment on something he hates. And driving it out before the children of Israel are there because he's not wanting them to intermix. You with me? So these abominations, Sheket or Toeva? Toeva. This isn't difficult, is it? Proverbs chapter 6. We're on the home stretch. If you still got questions, hang on. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. I'll give you a second to get there. Got it? Proverbs chapter 6, starting with verse number 16. Listen to what it says. These six things doth the Lord, what? Hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Verse 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. I thought I already said a lying tongue. Oh, he did. Apparently, he says this is even something different. And this is the seventh one. We'll stop on verse 19. He that soweth discord among brethren. Abomination. Is it Shaket or Toeva? Toeva. He hates it. He despises it. He loathes it. These things. If I'm going to please God, if I'm going to be separated wholly unto God, I want to walk and live in a manner that pleases God, yes? And so if I know things he hates... Helps me to walk in a manner that pleases him. You ever have somebody that does something. And they do it and they know you don't like it, but they do it anyway. Don't look at your husband, ladies. Right. Like, you know, that bugs me, but you do it anyway. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's being ornery. Sometimes that's being mischievous. This is a little different than that. 
if I know something the Lord hates and I do it anyway, what is that? I think it's sin. I, I didn't hear what anybody said. I saw different people. I, I, I'm sure you'd call it other things too, right? But we'd definitely call it sin. If I know the Lord hates it, it's definitely displeasing to God. It's a lack of reverence for God, quite possibly. Now, now some, some may do so from a place of ignorance. They have not yet learned the word of God. They've been blinded. But when we are drawn by His Spirit to a place of repentance, and we begin, then our life begins to go, I want to please God. I want to please God. Now, in my relationship with my wife of 30 years, in the first year or two, I didn't know all the stuff she didn't like. I got a pretty good sense now. After 30 years, right? The Lord is real in relationship with us. He understands when someone first comes to the Lord that they may not identify. The relationship is growing. They may not understand everything he hates. But as we grow and we begin to read the word and dig in the word, I want to learn, God, if you hate that, I hate it too. If you despise that, Lord, if you loathe that, God, I don't want a part of it. I want my life to come in alignment. I'm not wanting to do it because I'm trying to find all the rules. See, that's what Israel did. Israel made it all about the rules. Okay, don't eat shrimp. Don't eat catfish. Okay, eat crappie. Some of you don't even know what that is. Uh, Eat trout, you know, right? Eat salmon. Thank you, Lord, right? They made it about the rules. Okay, just tell me what I can eat and what I can't eat. Tell me what I can do and what I can't do. An abomination was so they'd understand what their father hated. And then because of relationship with him, they would not want to do anything he hated because they would want to be set apart to him and they would want to please him. Relationship, not rule following. You with me? But you know what happens if somebody doesn't want a relationship and they want to find fault with things that God wants? Oh, it's just a bunch of rules. Right. You guys doing okay? All right. Watch. Romans chapter 1. If I know the Lord hates, it's interesting to me when Proverbs 6, where we read, we're going to go to Romans 1 and verse 18. If what's so powerful about that to me, you know, Verse 16 of Proverbs 6 said, These sixteens doth the Lord hate, yea, seven. Why didn't the writer just say these seven things? Well, the way that's written, these six things, yea, seven, it's like an added emphasis on the seventh one. The way that's written, it becomes, it becomes an added emphasis on the seventh. What's very powerful to me about that seventh one, and the Lord hates them all, by the way, but what's very interesting to me about that seventh one is, you know, the first one, a proud look. Second one, a lying tongue. Those are things or actions, right? The seventh one says he. 
He identifies an individual that takes an action. It became very personal, didn't it? All of it matters to him, but it's the one where he didn't say discord that's sown. He could have said, right, if he would have followed the pattern, a proud look, a lying tongue, discord that is sown. That's not what he said. He that sows discord. When I sow discord, it causes something in the nature of God to be repulsed towards me. I don't want to sow discord. Well, but you don't know about, (laughs) I know what pleases him. That's my measure. Okay, so now we, we covered some things here, but I want you to watch as we come into the New Testament. I want you to see the agreement, and you'll see some of it in these things that the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome, verse number 18. The wrath of God, that sounds like judgment. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. Is that what it says? How do they hold the truth? Are they not holding the truth? They have the truth. They're holding the truth, but how are they holding it? In unrighteousness. They're not in right relationship with God. Righteousness is right standing with God. Right relationship with God. These are... Men, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. But they're not in right standing and right relationship with God. How can you hold the truth and not be in right standing and right relationship with God? Well, let's read further because it happens to be a semicolon at the end of verse 18 there. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it to them. Keep going. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Who's without excuse? The men that hold the truth in unrighteousness. No excuses. Because that when they knew God, watch, When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful. But watch what they did. They became vain in their imaginations. Remember Proverbs 6? Devises wicked imaginations. I think that was something the Lord hates. They became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Keep going. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, verse 23. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Now, I want you to notice the words that Paul uses. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. So here we have an image. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now, if you go back and you look in Leviticus... In chapter 11, we didn't take the time tonight 
these birds, these four-footed beasts, these creeping things, these are all ceremonially abominations unto God. Paul is drawing a comparative and saying, hey, here's what's happening. When you hold the truth, but then you walk in unrighteousness, you're ceremonial. It's like this. He's drawing them back to a place. They know what he's talking about when he says you've made God into these images like birds. And He's not talking about the good, clean ones. Four-footed beasts, creeping things. Verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up, here's the word, to uncleanness. But notice what the, the decider was in that. God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, their own desires, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Keep going. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. He hates a lying tongue. You're going to see all this woven through here. And they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Keep reading. For this this cause, right, because they didn't love righteousness. They held the truth, but they didn't love righteousness. They wanted to have the truth, but they didn't want to be in right relationship and right standing with God. They did not put a difference between the clean and the unclean. They had the truth. They had all the laws, but they didn't separate themselves unto God, holy and separated unto Him. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. These started because of the lust of their own hearts. He gave them up to vile affections. Now watch what happens. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. He's talking about homosexuality here. Verse 27. And likewise also the man, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Do you see these comparatives that are being drawn here? The beasts that he talks about. The lying that he talks about. The woman with woman, man with man. You see all these things. that Paul's bringing it into the New Testament. Why? Because these are abominations to God. And this is what happened when you continued following your desires and you didn't put a difference between clean and unclean. God gave you up to your vile affections. And the problem is when God gave them up, they've already turned the truth of God into a lie, so they think everything's fine. Why do they think everything's fine? Because they hold the truth. But they hold it in unrighteousness. They don't have right relationship with God. Watch. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. Recompense is like you reaped what you planted, what you sowed. The recompense. I think I want to stop there, but go to verse 28. Yeah, we'll finish with that verse. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, just a couple more scriptures and I'm done tonight. Revelation 21. 
I'm going to read three other verses. And I'm just going to tell you right now, the last verse is going to leave you hanging until we come back next week. Okay? I'm just telling you. Didn't plan it this way, but that's where we are. Revelation 21 is the most beautiful chapter in Scripture, I think. Revelation 21 is the Scripture that John the Revelator describes the new heaven. Read it sometime. Man, it's beautiful. All right. Um, We're not going to read that. Verse 8. So he's talking. He's been the first seven verses describing heaven. Beautiful. Watch. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the what? The abominable. That's hard to say fast, ain't it? The abominable. What is the abominable? That's those who did things that were abominations to God. The abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. See, these are things that we said were abominations in the Old Testament. Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Abominations matter to God. They matter to God. God's merciful, but God loves me. Yes, and he loves you enough for you and I to know what he hates. And he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not keep my commandments if you love me. If you love me, you will. Right? Show me you love me by keeping them. No, if you love me, you will. Skip down to verse 27. Same chapter, 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, we are scratching the surface here tonight. And my desire and hope is that we have given you some scriptures that will cause you to go dig in the Word of God. And search out the Word of God. And see these things. Now, I intentionally skipped over a verse in Deuteronomy I want to go back to. Deuteronomy 22 and 5. And we will spend more time going in deeper in the Word of God, talking about holiness and separation unto God and having understanding, I believe, next Thursday. Deuteronomy 22 and 5. Your pages, so I'm giving you a second. The woman shall not wear that 
which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. I have a question for you. A woman shouldn't wear what pertains to a man. A man shouldn't wear a woman's clothing. All that do so are an abomination. Is that shaket or toeva? Is it ceremonial or is it toeva? It's toeva. It's toeva. You may wonder, why do we put distinction between the things a man wears and a woman wears? This is why. This is why. And the world has blurred the line through the years more and more and more and more and more and more. Why? tell you why it all goes back to the same thing the adversary wants to destroy what God has created and it goes back to the very beginning in the garden in the beginning God created them male and female yes that's how he created them male and female notice God created everything with distinction. He separated the waters from the waters. Read it in Genesis 1. He separated the firmament from he separated light from darkness. He separated he separ- and he draws a distinction between the two again and again. He created male and female. How did we get to the place today where somebody can determine if they're not male or fe- they're identified? How did we ever get there? I'll tell you how. It started a while back. And we began moving the line between clean and unclean. And we stopped putting a difference. And the more we stopped putting a difference, the further we got to where now we have young men saying, I identify as a woman. We have individuals saying, I'm neither male nor female. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm saddened for them. But the word of God is true. God puts a distinction. And so God has always drawn this distinction. And we see this abomination of a man lying with a man and a woman. Why? Because it takes away that distinction. And God, desiring this clear distinction, said, It's an abomination to me if a woman begins wearing clothing that pertains to a man. Or a man starts wearing clothing that pertains to a woman. I hate it. Don't answer this question. Just think about it and see if you can keep a straight face. 
what would you do this Sunday if I showed up here in a dress? What would you do if my wife showed up in a suit and tie? It's not natural. There's a distinction that God gave us. Now, I told you I'm going to leave you right here. I believe you're getting some understanding and some answers tonight. I want you to see in the Word. Now, there's a whole lot more in the Word. Okay? There's a whole lot more in the Word. But we get questions such as, how come you dress like this or like that? We're going to walk through the Word and show you. Not a list of rules. Okay? What does the Word of God say? And why? And here's the key. What pleases God? Amen? I'd like you to stand with me tonight. I know I've gone a little bit longer. I don't apologize. I, I thank you for your patience. Now... Remember where we started about declaring the whole counsel of God? I remember some years ago, 20-something years ago, I remember Brother Bailey teaching in Puyallup one night. It was a midweek somewhere. I think he was with us for two or three days. I could see and hear him so clearly making the statement, he said, everybody wants the will of God as long as the will of God agrees with what they want. And when he said that, I, I still, it was so, so funny. I remember because his wife was sitting there, Sister Karen Bailey, and she was like, oh. And he stopped and he said, even I say things sometimes she hasn't heard me say yet. But he it just so marked me. The, and he gave some examples. You know what? I want to see sick people healed. So does God. I want the will of God. Everybody wants the will of God as long as it aligns with their will. The real measure of whether I really want the will of God is when the will of God doesn't align with my will. You know... I want the whole counsel of God. I don't want the pieces of the word that align with what makes me feel good. And then, Lord, you hold on to those other ones. Lead me by your spirit and your word and instruct me in the word. Order my steps in your word. I want relationship with you. I want to be separated and holy unto you. Amen. I know that's the desire of your heart. I feel that from you tonight. But I also know what the scripture teaches me. That sometimes the seed falls on places of the ground where there's stones. Right? There's some rocks in the ground. Those can be dug out, and they have to be. But if the stones aren't quite dug out yet, 
that word that comes can offend, the Bible says. And that's the delicate balance that we walk when we're ministering the word. Is the desire to sow good seed. The word is always good. I don't mean me teaching it. I mean the word. Is always good. But as a shepherd, my desire is to find a way that the word can get in the soil. And by God's great grace, not offend, but bring us to a place that says, okay, God, this word's confronting my life. I want to respond to the word. Are you with me? I'd like you to find a place to pray. If you need to go, I'm going to dismiss you so you don't feel this, that you have to. But if, if you don't just have to go, I'm asking you to find a place to pray tonight. And let the Lord seal some of these things into your spirit. Would you do that? Would you just talk to him and let him talk to you? Let him minister into our spirits and seal some things in our heart. I want to know what pleases him. I want to please him. I want my life to please you, Father. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a student still, Father. I want to love the things you love. I want to hate the things you hate. I want the mind of Christ. I want to understand the things you would have me to understand of your word. I, I pray revelation and understanding right up on the tables of our heart, Lord. Right up on the tables of our heart, Lord. Let our life please you. Let our heart please you. Let our thoughts please you, O oh God. Let every element of our being please you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Our desire, God, is not to be a rule follower. It's to be in right relationship, in honest relationship with you, to hold the truth in righteousness, God, to hold the truth in right relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Direct us, Lord. Direct us, Lord. Open our understanding. Talk with us. Talk with us, Lord. You filled us with your spirit. Your word is clear. The Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. It gives us understanding. It gives us direction, Lord. Your spirit dwelling in us. We receive it of you. I pray for the precious men and women of God here tonight. The riding upon their hearts. The ministry of your spirit in each one of our lives. The directing of our steps that we would please and honor you, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, set apart for your use, separated unto you, you who is holy, drawing us into a place of holiness with you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the love of God so minister. In Jesus' In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Iyanamande yeki andolo bosi arabaka.
Jesus in your holy name. Jesus in your holy name. Direct us, Lord. Direct our homes. Direct our lives. Lead us by your spirit according to your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. God forbid, but I pray purity and holiness and humility and the fear of God.
know, the reason we can't become rule followers is because that leads to self-righteousness. If I'm just doing it to, to follow the rules. If it's not out of relationship, then it becomes self-righteousness. That's what happened to the Pharisees. They did all the stuff. They separated. But they weren't doing it in relationship. Jesus said, accept your righteousness. Exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Pretty tall order. We can't have self-righteousness. I could stand here and say, you know what? I'm going to tell you some things I know from the Word. Do this, don't do this, do that, don't do this, do this, don't do that. And we've had people through the years that have come and say, just tell me about this. Should I, should I? Like, well, let's talk about what the Word says. I, I don't want to be self-righteous. And we must be people that learn to rightly divide the word of truth and be led by the Spirit of God in our walk with God. And we do that together. You don't pick one or the other. Well, I'll be led by the Spirit, and the Spirit didn't lead me. I saw it in the Word, and the Word dealt with me, but I didn't feel the leading of the Spirit in that. Well, no, once I see it in the Word. You understand? Okay. Now. This this comes back to my mind. We were having this conversation just the other night in my home a, a week or two ago. Um, uh, Jose Luis Sanchez, uh, Sandra and Alex's dad, uh, was in our home. And he was telling the story of uh, with one of his brothers. I believe it was one of his brothers where they were. Uh, was it a wedding to go to a wedding? OK. Uh, I know you're like, I don't know what story you're telling, but they, they were at a wedding, I think. And uh, and he said, you know, I've gone to these things before. And there's alcohol and they're drinking and dancing. He's like, oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. I don't drink that anymore. I, I, no, I don't dance anymore. And so I'm sitting there thinking, who told him he don't drink alcohol anymore? Really? I'm thinking, who told him that? So I asked him. He said, nobody. I've just been praying and reading the word. And I just, I just know. Now, I could take him to the word. And I could begin to walk him through some things about wine and alcohol and strong drink and show him those things in the word. I've never done that. Nobody has. But what happened? He wanted to please God. That's what we were talking about Sunday. God writes on the fleshy tables of our heart. So he's wanting to please God. And so in his pursuit of God, he's beginning to do the things that please God, not even having yet necessarily maybe learned all of them from the word. That's what I was talking about, where sometimes we start doing things and we don't know why, and then God shows us in the Word later. Okay? 
And then sometimes there's things we're like, why do people, I, I don't understand why. And so we need the word to show us why. Okay. And so I thank God for his word, don't you? Amen. I want to walk in the beauty of holiness. And I know you do too. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for your reception of the word of God tonight. We will go further and deeper from where we ended tonight. Uh, Lord willing, Lord willing, we will do that next week. I'll know if I come next week and nobody shows up. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, no. Well, you know what's going to happen if that happens, right? It means I'm just going to send you a message that says, those that missed it, could you please go watch the dog? <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening. Love and appreciate. I would, um, I would covet your prayers. Uh, just a quick update, real quick. I forgot. I forgot to mention. Um, Tomorrow night, I have the privilege of going with Brother Rigo to Sunnyside and, and sitting with his mom and dad. And um, I go with a um, great expectation and in the fear of God. I don't go thinking, oh, man, I'm going to produce something. I go wanting to see the will of God done, whatever that part is. I know many of you, if not all of you, have been praying. I'm asking, please cover us in prayer. Continue to do so. Um, he is watching a turning in his mother's heart. And he's encouraged by that. So, um, just pray until. Thank you. God bless you.